0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU basketball puts 13th-ranked Oregon on the ropes but failed to deliver a knockout blow. Why the Cougars still played their best game of the season in a loss. All-access locker room in with a special in-studio co-host and redshirt junior Chase Fisher as well, plus BYU football just four days from the bowl game in San Fran. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on why this game will be unlike any other in the Bronco-Mendenhall era. Let's go. And
1: now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. Monday, December 23rd, what is up? BYU Sports Nation back at it, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who tutored the likes of Jimmer Fredette and Brandon Davies in media style and etiquette the fashionable Kyle Chilton. Wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us at BYU Sports Nation part of your day. Okay, here's your show starter. Not often do we get the sports information director of the men's basketball team to co-host, ladies and gentlemen, a rise and shout to Kyle Chilton.
1: Kyle, how's how's it feel, man? It's pretty good. That's the greatest introduction I've ever had. I mean, that that makes me feel really good. Now, who am I filling in for? Is it... Brian Logan? Jerome Jordan or Brian Logan? (laughs) I have a question for you. Is Jeremy the kind of guy that's really secure with his standing in this show, or is he, in, is he sitting at home? And if I mess up, kind of like the Mister Burns, excellent. <laughs> or and if I make a good point, is he just like tearing his hair out, wondering, "Crap, that I I would have said that." We're gonna have to. Uh, I don't know, Jeremy.
0: I know you're listening somewhere. He's, he's, in, he's in Oregon right he now. He is, in, like in Portland or something. Celebrating right? Christmas. I know he's yeah. listening
1: in. Eating a voodoo donut. or uh, something. So
0: he needs to like Facetime that in. We need some real time yeah.
1: reaction over the internet. I kind of get the sense that he's. You know, I know he knows who he's got the show, but he's probably a little worried like man, if, if Brian Logan or this this Kyle guy does make says something smart, they might, you know, fill in more often. It's the
0: Kyle Chilton takeover on December twenty third. Some other show starter notes for you. BYU football, Kyle Van Noy gets another All America nod from prominent college football writer Phil Still Van Noy, a third team selection at linebacker. His draft stock still very much fluid at this point. He's got a bowl game, Senior Bowl, and the NFL Combine to try and improve that. Really, if you look at what he does late in the, in the season in bowl games, he's probably licking his chops. This is his time of year to uh, really go out and, and impress.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, last year, that San Diego State game was maybe the greatest single-game performance by a BYU defensive player. You could argue that. He hasn't had the greatest uh, end of the season this year, so I think I think we'll talk about this a little more later. But he's got a great opportunity to kind of rebound Make up for that and just say, hey, I'm still Kyle Van Noy. I'm still KVN3. You know, NFL, you want me. So he needs a fumble recovery and a block kick to record a stat in every defensive
0: category for the third consecutive year. I don't, I don't think any college football player has ever done that, ever.
1: Probably, yeah. I don't know if there's an official uh, stat you can look up there, but that's, that's pretty impressive when you consider, you know, you do it once, okay, big deal. Do it twice, pretty impressive. Do it three times, that's that's pretty amazing.
0: Van and a bunch of his buddies named the Phil Steele All-Independent First Team as well. Ten Cougars to be exact. You can join our conversation by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation. Comment and like on our Facebook page and weigh in on today's poll question, which is this. If you could give one Christmas gift to any BYU sports team, I'm talking anybody across BYU athletics, what would it be and why? I loved our producer Ben Bagley's gift. He said he would give BYU football a time machine to go back and play Virginia and <laughs> you to start to to take the team now and go back and replay uh, Virginia and Utah games because it likely would be a different outcome. And I thought,
1: I thought that was very clever. I might go back even farther to when Taysom had his knee hurt against Utah State. Because ah, imagine okay. if he doesn't get his knee hurt, he's a better player at the beginning of this year because he's probably played more last year, he's more used to the team, more experienced, then the whole season's better. But I'll I'll go with Ben on that. That's pretty good.
0: If you could give any BYU team... A Christmas gift. What would it be and why? Tweet at BYU Sports Nation. You can listen to our show weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, Radio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Access our show on demand on byu-radio.org. I don't know if you know this, but we have a rebroadcast as well, weekdays, 7 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Mountain on BYU Radio. So if your family's not listening now, Kyle, they have another chance. They have no excuse not That's to right. hear this awesomeness. They're
1: going to be in big trouble if they didn't
0: listen, I'll tell you that. (laughs) No Christmas presents. (laughs) Christmas is over. Rise and shout, my friends. It's time for a Monday edition of What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Oh, so close. BYU basketball loses an absolute heartbreaker in Eugene to 13th-ranked Oregon. We're going to go to a tweet right away. Uh, this coming from at Parker Lauren, because he, he saw that the man, Kyle Chilton, is going to be in studio, and he knows Kyle has access to the basketball team that very few people enjoy. And he, he says this, Kyle, can you speak about if the basketball team is depressed? They shouldn't be. They are playing with heart. What do you think? I mean, you're with them basically yeah. more than their
1: families. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> I feel like a stepdad or something. No. um, Yeah, that was a tough, tough game. Uh, like, like he said, I think, and we talked about this, this, that might have been their best game they've played all season. Just from I think it was. Yeah, I mean, the way they attacked on offense, the way they shot the ball. Uh, we can talk about free throws a little bit later, but they shot the ball well, they defended. Oregon shot pretty poorly throughout the whole game, and I think BYU had a lot to do with that. Sure, they got 100 points, but overtime and the pace of the game kind of contribute to that. Um, I will say they were they were not happy after the game, which is a good sign, obviously. There are some losses where you know they just know they got beat. This one they were upset because they know we had that. You know, except for the last two minutes of regulation, that was ours to win. Um, and Oregon made some plays, obviously, but we 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 just didn't close it. So, uh, and I think that'll serve as a good motivating force. And and you look at the improvement we made from Utah. To that game. That's Dave Rose, man. That's huge. You know, I mean, and yeah, we had a bad game against Utah, but they made some major adjustments, played so much better against, in my opinion, a much better Oregon team, number 13, 11, whatever poll you want to look at. Uh, and if, if we can continue to see that improvement, you know, the, the West Coast Conference is going to have something tough to deal with here in a week. This is a juicy topic because it's such an emotional game.
0: Um, I know fans are really invested but it's nice to step back and and get a team perspective which is which is why it's great to have you here because you're with them you you ride the emotional roller coaster right. with that team it's your job to temper emotions on the team side and with the media and uh that's a difficult thing to do so having said what you said they're disappointed and and you know they have a week off what what is the sense from you in the locker room uh, the, the, of this team moving forward into West Coast Conference play? Are, are they motivated? Do they, uh, are they ready to get back at it? Do they want to play a game the next day? What, what's that usually like?
1: Yeah, I, I think after a loss, you usually do want to play. You know, if you lose Saturday, you want to be playing Wednesday or Thursday. Obviously, we don't have that. And I think, in, in, in some senses, that's going to be good for them. It's going to, they're going to fest, this is going to fester a little bit. You know, the, A lot of guys, they kind of broke out to have Christmas break today and tomorrow. They'll be back at it Christmas afternoon. Um, so I think the guys are going to be thinking about what did we do? Why, why aren't we winning these, these close games? And they're going to come back that much more hungry. And the nice thing about basketball, and football has this a little bit, but you have this you know, 10 to 12-game non-conference, and then you have second season basically, conference season. And I think all the team's goals are still possible. They want to win conference. They want to win the conference tournament. They want to go to the NCAA tournament. Those are all still very viable. And so I think the guys are going to be super motivated to come out and play you know, better and improve on this. Here's the big picture, people. Okay, I make it a
0: point after these notable games against ranked teams to go and look at what the national writers and pundits, you know, the the bracketologist Joe Lunardi right. and and those guys that that are prominent voices within the college basketball community. And the overwhelming sense is that BYU is a tournament team. Yeah, they're eight and five, but. Heading into the Oregon game, they had the second toughest schedule in the nation. Number two strength of schedule a number 15 RPI.
1: And that's and they, out of 350 some odd teams. 361, I believe. 360, okay, there you go. I look, not many teams are playing Iowa
0: State, Wichita State, Oregon, Massachusetts. The Utah game, okay, that was an aberration. I get it. They're not going to play worse than that all year. That's right. not, not going to happen. But Everyone says, well, they can't win those games. If they have to learn this way early in the season and they have to learn the hard way how to win those close games and they go through conference play, when it comes down to the WCC Championship and they're in a close game with St. Mary's or Gonzaga or whoever, and I think BYU will be there, they'll use this these opportunities to get better. And I will take that mentality uh, to go and win the West Coast Conference Tournament or even an NCAA game that's going to be close inevitably. Right. Uh a hundred times out of a hundred, I'll take these early season losses in the tough way they do because they're growth losses,
1: and it will help them down the line. I really believe that. Oh, no doubt. And, and let me let me give you a few reasons to be, still be excited about this team. I know some people are still dwelling on oh, we lost some of these close games that we should have won, whatever, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, it's easy to say that, but we got, you know, we scored 112 points against Stanford, scored 100 points three times, averaging 89 a game. We're a very exciting team to watch, averaging. Big big numbers. You got you got Tyler Haas who's going to break if he keeps playing the way he has. He's going to break Jimmer's records. Which is
0: incredible. That's incredible.
1: I mean, think when, when watching Jimmer. Think about. I mean, and, and Jimmer was a very special player. His style of play was very unique, and he had the ball in his hands all the time. But Tyler's going to has a chance to break all those records, and that's that's pretty impressive. You got a triple double threat in Kyle Collinsworth who's going to get one of those at some point. You got. Matt Carlino, who's gonna could be our all-time assist leader, possibly steals leader by by the time all everything's said and done. You got Dave Rose is maybe the best coach in BYU history, and you've like you said played maybe the toughest non-conference schedule BYU's ever played. So fans need to stay excited about this team. I think WCC play they're going you're gonna see an even better team. They're gonna use this some of these tough moments that they've had as motivation to get better. Okay, now that we've we've played rah
0: rah. Let's we'll we'll break down some of some of the setbacks that happened up in Eugene. The first and obvious one comes from the free throw line, and that's not a fi- that's not a fast fix. No, there's no quick fix to that. BYU is they are what they are right now from the free throw line, so they're going to have to do other things to make up for that. What's the take on the free throw shooting, Kyle?
1: Yeah, I think free throws. It's something that just it takes time, uh, guys. I think all these guys have worked on their free throws and I think the coaches are trying to find new ways to help them improve, maybe shooting a few more in practice, try to simulate game situations. Uh but you know, they are what they are. They're, you know, 67% right now. Dave Rose has had two teams that shot worse for the entire season and still won 25 and 27 games. Wait, could you please say that again? I think this is a point I got to give Greg Ribell credit to this for pointing pointing it out to me in 06-07, They shot I believe 65, 66% 07, 08, about the same, about 66 both seasons. And both teams went to the NCAA tournament. Both teams won conference titles. So, yeah, we, are, we struggle from the free throw line right now. There's no question. You do have Tyler Haas, though, so you want to get the ball to him in late-game situations, obviously, because he, he's almost automatic. But you can still win a lot of games being a subpar to average free throw shooting team.
0: Here's the aberration from a late-game scenario in the Dave Rose era. He is 212 and one when leading in the last minute of the game. You know when that one loss happened?
1: Yeah, that was pretty recent. That was on On Saturday. Saturday.
0: Yeah. Yep. And so we're going to win the next 212 (laughs) when leading with one minute to go, right?
1: So it's going to be okay.
0: My point being, Dave Rose is a fantastic basketball coach. He will utilize these opportunities and these learning experiences to help his team grow. I just really believe it. This team wins 25 games, they're going to win 25 games. They are. Uh, I think they go at least sixteen or fifteen and three, sixteen and two in conference, um, and they win at least one game in the West Coast Conference tournament. They make the NCAA tournament with that resume, with that strength of schedule, RPI. This is a tournament team.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And the one thing that Dave Rose, that the guys say a lot about Dave Rose is he knows how to motivate his guys. That's this, maybe his greatest strength is he knows what what makes these guys tick. He finds it. He knows how to make them play better. And as, as well as we've played in a lot of these games, and there, yeah, there have been some moments where we haven't finished, I do think he's going to help them kind of take that next step here in conference play. Okay,
0: my la- my last point in this BYU-Oregon discussion, Kyle, deals with Matt Carlino. And I'm a defender of Matt Carlino. He takes a lot of flack from people in and outside of BYU Sports Nation for his shot selection or for the untimeliness of turnovers. Here's here's the po- Here's why I defend him. I want a guy that wants the ball. Yeah. That's that's the thing that Jimmer had. That's that killer instinct that Jimmer for dead had. And Jimmer made a billion big shots. We all know that. I feel like Matt Carlino has the capability to do that. He has supreme confidence in pressure pack situations. Sometimes it it backfires, but I'd rather have a guy that wants the ball than a guy that doesn't want the ball. Oh, yeah. Handling it. And you brought up a great point. We were talking this morning. Who hit the big three late? And then got a crucial rebound and got fouled, made both free throws to give BYU a notable advantage. That was Matthew Mario Carlino. That's right. Matt Carlino, Italian blood represent. That's right. Matt Carlino takes big shots and sometimes makes big shots. And it's so funny to look at the social media traction because you see Matty Ice, what a yeah. huge shot from Carlino. And then he misses a big three or turns the ball over, and it's like, oh, what are you doing? Right. Come on. I just, we need to temper that emotion. We need to temper that emotion, BYU Sports Nation. Matt Carlino is a player, and I would always take a guy that wants the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, Matt's, you know, he's a risk taker. He's hes aggressive. And yeah, there's there's times when maybe the play doesn't go his way, but he's willing to make that play, willing to make the, make, at least try to make the play. And a lot of times he makes the play. So there's there's you can go back his, his first two years, you can look at a lot of games that he kind of won for us. You know, games at San Francisco, and even that his freshman year against Baylor, we lost that game, but he comes in. We're in, in and,
0: that game because of Matt Carley. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, you could you could argue, yeah, there was a play at the end of the game, blah, blah, blah. If he doesn't make those shots early on, we're not in that game. So he's a big part of this team, a big part of our success, and I think him and the rest of the guys are just going to get better going forward. Kyle, how many seniors are on this team? One, two, zero. That's zero. right. Still a young team,
0: a tournament team, and they've got some more games to go out and prove it. Topic two. Four days and counting was something to prove for BYU football. I sat down with Bronco Mendenhall on Friday night to talk about the approaching bowl game. And he says, in a roundabout way, look, it's a great, a great springboard to what this team can become in the future.
2: That is a great way to finish the season, to have something to play for, um, to measure yourself against, um, and to determine where you are not only this year as it closes, but where you might be going forward. The
0: difference between eight wins and nine wins for this BYU football team, in my mind, is huge. Absolutely huge. Because they won eight games last year. Some people say, well, they played a way tougher schedule this year. That's true, but the standard of excellence remains the same for Bronco Mendenhall, no matter what team he's playing. He told us that last week in studio on this radio show. They want to win 10 games every year. The ninth win right here would have to come against a really good, really capable yeah. opponent in Washington. You could argue this might be the most talented football team that Bronco Mendenhall has played in a bowl game in his tenure.
1: I think there's that's you could definitely say that. I mean, this this Washington team finished 8 and 4, had a tough stretch in the middle of the season against a great Pac-12 conference this year, and then, you know, finished really strong, a huge huge win against Oregon State. Uh Washington State in a rivalry game, so this is this is a big game for BYU. They have a lot to prove here. Washington has a couple of notable
0: players. We've talked a lot about them. Keith Price, the quarterback, and Bishop Sankey. Bishop Sankey. I would be very, very surprised if he does not enter the NFL draft. He's he's done enough. He runs for 136 yards a game. He well, he's is, got a good name, too. He's got a great football name. Of course, he's the Bishop, and he would be playing BYU. Right. The irony in that alone, it makes this a fantastic matchup. Uh, Bishop Sankey is the guy that BYU needs to shut down. And I asked Bronco, I said, how, how do you beat Washington? And he said, you know, that's a that's a great question because... They do so many things well. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he he says you, you can't focus on any one area with this team because they are so fundamentally sound and so explosive in so many different areas. And that's why preparation for this game is crucial. Now, Broncos taken an outside approach uh, compared to other college football coaches right. and major programs in the country, and that is give his team time off to rest, do workouts on their own, take care of finals, and then they hit it hard the week before. Or, you know, eight days before the actual bowl game. So six practices is what we tabulated for this BYU team before they take on Washington. Is that enough? That was our poll question last week. Well, Bronco told me that right now, from his perspective, there's some frustration getting this team ready
2: with that model. The preparation model we have, you have to get the most out of every practice. And I haven't been able to get that point quite across yet to our players is the urgency to prepare is is against the best bowl team we played has to go right to their heart.
0: Bronco walked into that interview with me and I sat down, and, and he's very cordial with me, um, and, and so he's, he's able to separate his emotions from practice and in, in interviews. He does a, a really good job of that, um, and it, it has become better at that as he's become, uh, been the football coach at BYU. But he was noticeably, I mean, just visibly upset walking into the room. And so I, I just said, Coach, uh, how you doing? And he's like, well, you want me to tell you how I really feel? <laughs> <laughs> so that was how the interview began. Uh, but clearly he was not thrilled with his team at practice. And I don't know how much of that is he's using to motivate, like to say, hey, get your game together. This is a really good team. And how much of that is purposeful? I, I don't know. But, but at that point, after two practices, he felt like his team was not
1: where they needed to be. That's interesting, but you know, I I can't speak for where the football team is, as I'm not a football coach, but I do know Broncos taken this approach for several bowl games, and it seems to work. So it's hard for me to criticize a model that's worked for the last four bowl games. They've won four in a row, six out of seven, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how the team comes out. And we can, We could can talk about all their motivations and different things, but I think they have a lot to play for, like you said. Between difference between eight eight and nine win season, and having a chance to beat a really good team to finish the season, where they've had maybe missed on a few opportunities throughout the year to kind of make up for that. I think there's they have a ton to play for.
0: This would be another notable win. This Washington team was ranked at one point in the season. Uh, they had college game day in town. like They created a lot of buzz, yeah. and there's a reason their coach is going to USC, because the swag has returned to Seattle in a way. Yeah, This is a huge game in San Francisco. Up next, we're talking BYU basketball once again. Inside, all-access locker room reaction from redshirt junior Chase Fisher. And we have Kyle chilling here, too, so really yeah. it's like double dose of basketball awesomeness. That's next on BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU
1: Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation
2: on BYU Radio.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Kyle Chilton, sports information director of the men's basketball team, stepping in. I refer to you as the Manu Ginobili sixth-man
1: all-star of Phil and Co-host. How do you feel about that? That's a pretty good. Uh, I'll take that. I like Monty. He's left-handed. I'm left-handed. Uh, and are you really? Yeah, oh, that's right. You are oh, yeah.
0: left-handed. You've uh, you've scored. You've made me look silly more than a few occasions on the basketball. Court.
1: You got to come out again though. You 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 came once. I know. And it was like your first time playing. Hey, no, no, I've been there twice. You were not
0: there the second time. Okay, I was there. Okay, okay, okay. Well, so let's, just let's make sure step we step off, Kyle. Let's meet
1: up next 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 year in January, and we'll see <laughs> who's got it. Okay. <laughs> Join the show's growing
0: Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. You can follow me at Spencer underscore Linton. And you can follow Kyle at Kyle Chilton. That's right. He drops the humor. Okay, so you're telling me something hilarious that happened in Eugene. Uh, while you were eating uh, up there, I don't, can't remember if it was before or after the game, but a uh, random Santa Claus sighting, correct?
1: Yeah, it was the day before the game, Friday night, and uh, we're at this Sixth Street Grill near the hotel we're staying at. And this guy, I'm assuming he's the owner, he could have just been some random dude off the streets, which is a little scary, but starts giving out these <laughs> you know, paper bags of random you know, little you know, grab bags you might get at Walmart or something like that, or Macy's, I guess. And inside we get these packs of basketball cards from the early 90s. And I get, I got a John Stockton. Greg Rubel was with us. He got a Reggie Lewis. Reggie Lewis was my favorite player growing up. Okay. And so we made a trade. I was criticized on Twitter for that trade because a lot of jazz, you know, Utah fan, people in Utah are jazz fans. But I'd take Reggie Lewis any day. <laughs> but that was, 1990
0: was Fleer edition, right? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure that card's worth at least a buck fifty or something. <laughs> so I made out pretty good on that on that uh, that night. So what was that magazine that you used to? It was the, be- the Beck- Beckett magazine. Yeah, you could look up the value of all the cards. Do they and... still
0: have that thing? I don't know.
1: I would have. There's got to be something about, with that, something right? Something that so prices
0: can... basketball cards. Yeah. So that oh, was, that it, was is... it. Was interesting. Merry Christmas, right there. Yeah. And Eugene it got Oregon. me in the holiday spirit. <laughs> Friday, December 27. Something else to get you in the holiday spirit. Bowl game day starting at 7 Eastern. On BYU TV, that's Five Mountain, we'll show you 30 minute versions of the 2010, 2011, and 2012 bowl games leading up to a live countdown to kickoff from San Francisco with Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler and Provo. I'll be here with Andy Boy, Salemma Harrington, and Brian Logan, and uh, we'll get you set for BYU Washington. Friday, December 27th, 7 Eastern, a plethora of BYU Bull coverage to Do you steal. know what a
1: plethora means.
0: Plethora is a great amount of something, correct? Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it is.
0: It's three amigos. Yeah. It's a three amigos reference. A sweater. An exorbitant <laughs> amount. It's a sweater. We, I love that movie so much. It's a good show. Here's our Twitter question today at BYU Sports Nation. Send in your responses. If you could give one Christmas gift to BYU, any sports team for that matter, what would it be? An overwhelming response is coming in, and it deals with those free-throw shots. 100% free-throw shooting. Anything that would increase their free-throw percentage because it's nasty. A magic free-throw potion. A free-throw clinic for the men's basketball team. Thanks to at TB underscore Adamson, at Matt Hume, at Post Jimmer, and uh, at Nick Newman 801. Uh, he adds defense to the men's basketball team. But clearly that's that's what's on topic right now. Is is just if they make a few of
1: those free throws, a lot of the drama and Eugene is gone. But well, I think Dave Rose has even said I I get suggestions from probably people in his ward and I I, I got an email <laughs> from someone and uh anyway, there's everyone thinks they know they have the solution, and I know there probably are some good ideas out there, but Dave Rose knows what he's doing. His coaches know what they're doing. They're they're working on it. Uh, the guys are they're going to get better. Uh, but like we talked about earlier, it's hard to improve on something like that significantly during a season. Uh, but I think they're going to find ways to to make up for it.
0: We continue on with our Twitter question at BYU Women's Basketball. A sellout in the Marriott Center for the women's team.
1: hashtag Twenty One K. They're ten and one. Yeah. Their best start in seven years. And they got maybe one of the greatest players in their history in Jennifer Hampson. This this was actually my my thought on this. If I could give a gift to any of the teams, it would be to two teams. I would go back in time and clone Jennifer Hampson. Okay. So the women's volleyball team and the women's basketball team could have had her 100% dedicated (laughs) to their teams for four years. Because look at what she's all-conference in volleyball, all-American in volleyball, maybe an all-American in basketball this year. Imagine if she had been able to play 100% on each team for four straight years. That's,
0: that, now that's, that's some deep thinking right there. Yeah.
1: Jen Hampson. Incredible job, by the way, to the volleyball
0: team and Coach Sean Olmstead for doing what they did, getting back to the Sweet 16 with no Jen Hampson, who was an All-American player. She returns next year. Yeah, I've been saying it for a while. They're going to the Final Four.
1: They, I, they are that good. I think there's a great chance of that.
0: They are that good next year. At BYU Sports Station, if you could give any gift to a BYU athletics team, and that's across the board, what would it be? <laughs> we have some clever ones coming in. At Doug BYU Cook, a Big Twelve invite. Okay, I, I understand that. I like independence. I don't know if the Big Twelve is the way that BYU ultimately wants to go. A lot of people feel that way. It wouldn't be bad,
1: but uh, right now, I, just, I like independence. I like where we're at. I, I I love as from a selfish standpoint, I love the West Coast Conference travel. Yeah, going to L.A., the Bay Area a couple times. The Northwest, is, Portland's a fun city. You yeah, have to bad. go
0: to s- such remote places that are hard to visit, like Malibu. Yeah, that's really <laughs>
1: tough. Tell you what, and Moraga. Yeah. Oh goodness. So I like I like the West Coast Conference. This is my favorite. This, this, is just my, me.
0: this is My favorite right here so far. Enough money to replace those. Um, He's got a, a number sign, a money sign, uh, so I'm guessing he's he's not a fan of this, but uh, enough money to replace those cold weather jackets <laughs> from the football team with the tan accents that are those straight are out pretty of
1: pretty old straight out of nineteen ninety nine yeah I'm not sure where those <laughs> how, how those still are on the sidelines, but oh
0: hey. this is great, this is a great question today at K. Wilkins I'd give them a killer instinct. They don't seem to have it at the end of big games, but better work out that. That close game scenario early in the season than late. It right. can only it can only get better. It can only get better. That's why I'm that's why am okay.
1: And you know, I would argue I don't know if it's the killer instinct. I think the guys have the they want to win. They want to win as bad as anyone, and I think there's some killers on this team. And you know, Tyler Hawes, he's a we we've seen and he's had some late game heroics. I think it's just figuring out as a team how to make that happen and you know, who who has the ball in their hands, what what plays to run and and just, just and then just kind of just fine-tuning that, and I think it's going to happen. It's just there's been a few games where it just hasn't quite come together, but it's close. Okay, lightning round, Kyle. We're going to play—I'm uh, just asking
0: random questions about the basketball team because I okay. can't, because I don't have access to you all the time all like right. this. Uh, who
1: has the most style of basketball team? The most style? Chase Fisher. Okay. And where is he? <laughs> <laughs> that's alright I'm sure he's got something going on Chase
0: hopefully will be joining us very shortly on BYU Sports Nation
1: if you're listening Chase call
0: the show uh, okay who has best sense of humor
1: ooh uh, maybe I'm putting you in a tough spot to Luke that. Worthington or Eric Mika those guys are funny they're, they're <laughs> fun guys they're goofy and they, they make everybody laugh so. will you appear in any of these uh, music videos not that I know of. Now, if they somehow are going to use me otherwise, no, I, I don't think so. I, I, would have, I would have made them better, though. I'll tell you that. How? How do you make those better? I, just, I don't know, but I would have. Just having me in there would have director's been. Director's. Okay. Yeah. Oh, your presence. My presence, yeah. No. So not necessarily the production. No, side. I would have taken away. I think they've been,
0: they've been <laughs> a lot of fun. Speaking of Chase Fisher, the one he did, I actually believed at a few moments during that video that he was singing.
1: Oh, yeah, he, he he sold it pretty well. Yeah, that was that was well played. The best one, though, might have been Joe John Harry, the Christmas one. Did you see that? <laughs> yes. I I really thought she was singing, so she was pretty good.
0: Oh, if you could offer BYU Athletics any Christmas present, what would it be? Opinions welcome at BYU How Sports How about a gym or
1: trade? Oh, thank you, Kyle. Yes. You know, I, I know it's not one of our teams right now, per se, but a former athlete at BYU— could use a new situation, you know, greener pastures, whatever. Just a, a fresh start for Jimmer in the NBA. Anywhere. Anywhere. Milwaukee. I, I don't
0: care. Send him, send him to Atlanta, Milwaukee, Orlando, Indiana, Orlando, Phoenix, L.A. Just not Sacramento.
1: Yeah, I just think he's buried there and they just don't want For whatever reason, they put him in, he scores five points, they take him out, he doesn't see the light of day the rest of the game. So
0: Hey, thanks for that little burst, Jimmer. No, yeah, make sure the bench is warm.
1: Yeah, yeah, go, 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 cheer from the bench. But Jimmer, Jimmer is going to be an impact player in the NBA. I think as soon as next year. Okay, so let's have some stati- uh,
0: statistical breakdown of this of this basketball game. There are some things that just popped off the page to me. BYU shoots twenty two for thirty six from their free throw line. Okay, Eric Mika is not that bad of a free throw shooter in my opinion. He goes 3 for 9.
1: Yeah, it was just and he's got good form. It's just it was one of those days for Eric where he had a couple that bounced bounced around and came out and he's he's usually not he's usually going to hit, I'd say 5 of 9, 6 of 9, not 3 of 9. That was just a rough a rough night. BYU beats Oregon in shooting percentage 47% to 40%. They
0: also out-rebound the Ducks 51 to 40. That's why They're winning the game most of the time, but the turnover battle, they got worked. Eighteen turnovers for BYU to just ten for Oregon, so the turnovers probably allowed the ducks to stay in the game. I don't know. It's it's a delicate balance.
1: Yeah, well, and ten turnovers in an overtime game that was that fast paced, that's impressive.
0: Very good very great good ball control from Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Great. You know, I'm not if Jerem's listening, that is (laughs) worthy of a great connotation. Don't even try to argue with Jerem. Come on. All right, so Oregon, they shoot twenty-four of thirty-one from the free throw line, which is good. Not surprising on their home floor, forty-four bench points.
1: Well, Jason Caliste was unbelievable. He was just—he was driving to the basket, hitting threes. When he got fouled, he did not miss, and he got fouled a lot. Thirteen of thirteen—that's a Tyler Haas day. He was—he was the difference in the game. I—I—I I, I think we've had. There's been a lot of guys. Bench guys who have played really well against us in some of these big games. So it's kind of some of these teams are catching lightning, lightning in a bottle from one, or, you know, one of their good players that has a great game. It's your job, Kyle, to kind of
0: obviously keep players in line and whatnot. But I'm I'm making it your job to assess the West Coast Conference today. Oh boy, where does BYU stack up among the top teams of the West Coast Conference this year? Gonzaga, Saint Mary's. You could argue Pacific, maybe San Diego. They're they're
1: in the top half of the conference, but where, where does BYU fit in right now, in your opinion? I think they're right at the top. I know I'm a little bit biased, but I look at Gonzaga. They lost Kelly Olenek. They lost uh, Elias Harris. I know Pangos is a good player. Gary Bell Jr. is a good player, and their other their front court guys are okay. But I do think Olenek, Olenek was a almost a Jimmer type player. Dude was a force. Yeah, I mean you don't become the number one team in the country without that guy. And he was, he was huge for them. So I do think, I, I had a guy that works in the NBA. Uh, I don't want to say too much, but he, he did tell me, he said, you guys are right there, if not the best team in the league right now. Wow, he, he, had, okay. he had seen Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Um, now I know that, that raises some expectations, maybe a little bit for fans, but I do think expectations should be high for this team. And in uh, St. Mary's, again, they lose, they lose a guy like Olinik and De Vadova, maybe one of the greatest players in their program's history. They have a lot of good guys on their team. They're going to be very talented, but I do think we're going to be right there, going to be able to compete with those guys at home and at their places. And you look at last year, if Della Vadova doesn't make that shot in the Marriott Center, how much different could BYU season have been? They may have gone to the tournament as an, a super outside shot, but still they're, they they have a shot at the tournament. Yeah, I, I think we were kind of snake bit from that point. We lost a couple of games that we probably shouldn't have lost. Cody Doolin, San Francisco. Yeah, I mean, it's Talking just, to you. Yeah. Who's not on San Francisco anymore. That's right. He retired. Supply, yeah, apparently. he retired or something. I don't, I don't know Can what's he going on in there. College? But hmm. I do think this the league is a little bit deeper, though. I think at maybe St. Mary's and Gonzaga aren't quite as good. I think we're better than we were last year. I do think San Diego's a very good team. Their guard line's very good, and Johnny D and Chris Anderson. Pacific has shown to be very good. Aside from that game against Princeton they had last week where they got blown out. They've been very good. So they won out Utah State this year, which is not easy to do. So it's going to be a very competitive league, but I think BYU has a great shot to... Break through and, and win their first WCC title.
0: BYU Sports Information Director on the basketball team, Kyle Chilton, joining me as a special co-host on BYU Sports Replacement Nation. Replacement host. Oh, wait, are, <laughs> sorry. He's replacing Brian Logan and Jerem Jordan today. We're discussing Christmas gifts for BYU Athletics teams. If you could give any team any one gift over the holidays, what would it be and why? Sound off at BYU Sports Nation. We'll get the more of those responses coming up. Plus... Hey! Is this the best bowl opponent that Bronco Mendenhall will face, at least up to this point in his coaching tenure? ESPN college football expert Trevor Maddich weighs in on that next. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU
1: Sports Nation right after this.
2: Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation.
0: Taysom Hill and the BYU Cougars take on Washington in the fight Hunger Bowl at at t Park in San Francisco Friday, December 27th. We have extensive coverage to get you set for that kickoff with Countdown to Kickoff. Starts at 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Right here on BYU TV, live from the BYU Broadcast Building. We'll have a live presence in San Francisco as well. You are listening to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Kyle Chilton stepping in like a 6 man all star for Jerem Jordan and Brian Logan today. Kyle, how's it been so far, man? It's been a lot
1: of fun. Uh, you know, it's it's given me a good insight to what you guys do on a daily basis, and uh, yeah, it's been this has been great. I I enjoy it, and I I think Jerem should be worried about. Uh, <laughs> What it's going to be like to come back to, to fill these shoes.
0: <laughs> Putting the pressure on. We welcome in our first guest of the day to BYU Sports Nation, another Maddich Monday with ESPN College football expert Trevor Maddich, former BYU lineman and national champion. Trevor, happy holidays. How you doing, man?
2: Uh, I'm doing great. How are you guys? You're doing okay. You surviving
0: right. the bowl game blitz right now?
2: Uh, oh, there's bowl games?
0: <laughs> Apparently.
2: Oh, how about that? That's all right.
0: Speaking of the number of bowl games, Trevor, I, when you played, I swear there was probably like 11 or 12. Now there are 35 or something like that. Uh, do, you, do you like the growing trend right there, or do you wish that there would be less and it would be more of a reward for teams? What do you think?
2: Well, no, you have to understand what bowls are for. People think that they're a reward for a great season. So if you're 6-6, six six, you should not be going to a bowl game. You should not get a reward for that. Well, if there were a reward, then sure, you could make that argument. But They're not a reward. They're a a financial vehicle. They are an exhibition for cities and sponsors to be able to have promotion for their products, services, and and destinations. That's what they're for. And so, ultimately, they're not inviting teams to come play in those bowl games because they, will, they magnanimously feel like they've had a season for which they deserve to be praised. It's because, hey, we can make money here. We can promote things here. Let's get some college football teams in here. That's what it's about. And if you look at it from that standpoint, yeah, there's 35 bowl, bowl games. Okay. If some of them you don't like because you don't want to see, you know, Eastern Michigan play Ball State or whoever might be playing, I don't know, then you have a remote and another 499 channels to watch for those three hours. In the meantime, I'm fine with it.
0: Trevor Maddich, great insight. ESPN College football expert on BYU Sports Nation. It is another Maddich Monday. Trevor, so much has been said about this BYU bowl game in terms of this might be the best opponent that Bronco Mendenhall has faced in his coaching tenure with the Cougars. How do you feel about Washington and where they stack up in terms of ranking bowl opponents that BYU has faced under Bronco Mendenhall?
2: Well, this is a good one. They faced some pretty good Oregon teams. They've they've faced some good bowl opponents, but this Washington team uh, took Stanford down to the wire in the regular season. And as a matter of fact, really had Stanford beat in Palo Alto. A couple of weird calls by the officials turned that game. I'm not saying the officials blew it for them. Just saying that sometimes you don't get the call, and the calls they didn't get that they could have were the difference in not beating a top ten team. You know, and then you know when you look at the teams that beat Washington, Oregon, Arizona State, these are these are you know top flight teams this washington team is very 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 solid and you know what they're a bit angry because their coach has gone to coach uh a conference rival usc so i expect washington to come out with a lot to prove
1: so who trevor who is this game more important for byu or washington I washington, like you said lost their coach byu had some chances at some big wins and didn't quite capitalize who is this game more important for
2: you know, it's, it's equally important for both for the same reason. Washington is trying to get back to that threshold of, of top-level play, and they've been stuck at seven wins for uh, a number of years now and took a while to get up to seven wins. This year they've got eight wins in the regular season, and now they're going for their ninth, So They're trying to, to build it back up to double-digit wins. But so is BYU. BYU can get their ninth win in this game, uh, but, you know, it's, it's a matter of progress and process. And so both teams want to use this as the stepping stone back up into the double-digit world where both teams want to be and both teams are accustomed to be.
0: Trevor Maddich of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. Trevor, I spoke with Bronco Mendenhall in a one-on-one interview on Friday, and he came in, he was visibly upset, not pleased with the way his team had practiced over the first two days after the layoff. If you had an opportunity to speak to this team and give them a motivational speech, can you kind of give us a, a taste of what you would say to this team and why they need to get up for Washington?
2: Yeah, well, what you'll find out is that on game day, your blood will be up as a player. You will be fired up. And the reason is there's a a 290-pound guy on the other side of the line that wants to hit you in the mouth, embarrass you physically, in front of your girlfriend, in front of your family. they, They want to humiliate you, take what you want, which is a victory, and laugh about it as they go back to their home city about how they wiped the field with you now when you get on the field with with a, an opponent and he hits you in the mouth and that process starts you'll get excited the only difference is will you be ready to compete and to win in that situation and if you don't prepare then it doesn't matter how far and how fast you get your excitement up for game day if you don't prepare then when you get to that moment you will be humiliated by another football player. And if there's nothing else that, that that's important to football players, it is they do not want to be humiliated physically by an opponent in front of everybody that's watching. So I would say this, you know, if you're not up for practice right now just because you're not having that kind of a day, just keep in mind that the other guy is up for practice and he's going to wipe the field with you if you don't get it up.
1: Trevor, what do you think is going to be maybe the key for BYU in this game? Is there a specific player for the Cougars, or is it maybe you know focusing on turnovers or getting takeaways? What's going to be the the fa- key factor for BYU against Washington?
2: No, it'll be balance. BYU offensive balance. As good as BYU's defense is, Washington's offense is, is a tough matchup because they're so balanced themselves. They throw the ball very well to a very good group of skilled people. Uh, you know, tight ends are fantastic. They've got one guy, Safren Jenkins, will end up in the NFL. Um, You know, Bishop Sankey at running back is one of the three finalists for the Doak Walker Award for the finest running back in the country. This Washington team, you've got to expect to put points on the board. The Washington defense is very good. And so BYU won't be able to just run the ball down their throats. They'll have to throw the ball well. And this is something we've talked about all year, about how the next step in the evolution of this BYU offense is to be reliable and repeatable in hitting the deep pass, the vertical pass. When that's been there, they've lit teams up. When it hasn't been there, they've struggled to move the ball at times. And so the the key here is going to be Taysom Hill completing vertical passes to wide receivers. It doesn't have to be a lot, but when he does take those shots, they've got to complete them.
0: ESPN's Trevor Maddich on BYU Sports Nation for another Maddich Monday. Here with Spencer Linton and Kyle Chilton, who's sitting in for Jerem Jordan. Trevor, we've been asking our fans across BYU Sports Nation today on social media, if they could give a BYU sports team, any team, a Christmas gift, and it can be anything you want, what would it be? What would you give to BYU Athletics as a Christmas gift?
2: What would I give to BYU Athletics?
0: We've had time machines. We've had all sorts of good stuff. What do you think?
2: Well, here's the time machine. The time machine is not a time machine to go back to 1984. The time machine is to give two more seconds to Taysom Hill to throw the ball. <laughs> that's, that's what the time It's not a go-back-in time machine. It's to slow down time machine. So he's got a little bit more time to, to actually execute. So he doesn't have to just take off and, and create on the run, running, running for his safety. So that, that's the kind of time machine that I would give to BYU right now, one that would take, turn two seconds into four seconds
0: that is great insight and by the way the the bull swag that we talked about your plastic cowboy hat with the holiday bowl sticker still might be my favorite reference to a swag uh, event or... That beats an uh, Xbox yeah, any day. It does. It just does, Trevor. And the watch that made your wrist turn green? Fantastic. That, that's the well, all-time classic moment on this show.
2: You know what? Anybody could have a, a fantastic video game, but, but a plastic hat? <laughs> no, that, that's something you don't see very often.
0: You can catch Trevor Maddich. Uh, he's living the bowl game blitz uh, with ESPN. Does great work. We appreciate the time, my friend. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas.
2: Alright, guys. Merry Christmas to you, too.
0: Up next on BYU Sports Nation, we continue... With our Twitter topic, if you could give Cougar Athletics any sports or all sports, whatever, a Christmas gift, what would it be? Tweet at us at BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back after this. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU
1: Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan.
0: Go Go Cougs. Go. Tyler Haas and the BYU Cougars have a little time off for West Coast Conference play. Opens up on December 28th, is that right?
1: Saturday, December 28th at LMU. You will, will be American in Park. Los Angeles. I will. It'll be warmer there than this here. Yes, That's what will. I hear anyway.
0: Kyle Chilton, Sports Information Director for the men's basketball team, stepping in today. He's uh, taking over for Brian Logan and Jerem Jordan. That's right. Keyword their takeover. You know what time it is, man? It's time for the whip around, baby. That's right. You are a listener. It's time for the Cougar Around Women's basketball. The women's hoops team defeated in-state foe Utah State 84-74 Saturday at the Marriott Center. Jennifer Hampson had a double-double, 24 points, 12 rebounds. Kim Beeston also had five three-pointers. Huge game for her as well. The women are 10-1 non-conference play. They open WCC play on Saturday as well. They will
1: host Loyola Marymount at the Marriott Center cougars in the nfl ziggy Ansah had his eighth sack of the season yesterday to lead all rookies guess how many he had in 31 games at UIU? i have no idea four and a half so for a guy drafted on potential that ain't bad boom brett Keisel returns from an injury gets a sack and a fumble recovery as the steelers beat green bay 38 31 and dennis pitta caught four balls for 34 yards but his ravens fell 41 to 7 to the patriots
0: Dennis Pitta should have had about ten catches in that game.
1: Yeah, whatever. Come on, Flacco, where are you
0: at, boy? <laughs> Rise and shout today, and I just changed my mind on this during the break. Our producer Ben Bagley, he coaches junior, he coaches junior jazz basketball. His team pitches a shutout in a victory. A basketball team that gave up no points. I don't care if they're five years old. That is an excellent coaching job. What if they are
1: running like a triangle and two three quarter <laughs> court press? Death.
0: Or or maybe they were channeling their Jimmer for a death.
1: (laughs) Maybe I don't know, but
0: the triangle. Too. I'll have to ask Ben about that. The the defense. What was the strategy? That's all those years in the Jazz locker room around Jerry Sloan paying off in a big way. Uh, If you could give BYU athletics one Christmas present, what would it be? BYU Sports Nation.
2: It's
1: winter time. How do you feel about that riff, Kyle? Those are fantastic. I heard the—I think I heard the debut the other day.
0: It was amazing. We played like six times. Yeah, much to the chagrin of some people behind the scenes. Uh, I would give here. Here's at Ryan Osman. I would give BYU one more made free throw in regulation against Oregon. That equals a win against a top-ranked team. Oh, it hurts. But you know what? If they get that close, win in the tournament. Nobody cares. That's right. And I think they will. At DA Holmes, a win over Utah. Does that mean basketball or football?
1: Or every sport,
0: right? (laughs) Yes. At Ray Katzenbach, free throw shooting percentage, which is probably the 12th free throw tweet that we've received today on the show. At BYU Singer 84, a national championship. Again, no sports signified, but don't they? They have a few of
1: those. Oh, they've got a bunch. Yeah, three in volley, men's volleyball, women's cross country won a bunch. They've football's got footballs uh, got one. Yeah. Uh,
0: when did they win the nit championship, Kyle? Fifty-one and sixty-six. That that is expert knowledge right there. I put you on the spot and you you delivered. I was I was
1: ready. You also knew when the whip was hitting. That's right. And I got I, a high five. That was a good. That was a solid high five, by the way. <laughs>
0: Alex Mackey on Facebook chiming in, being able to beat
1: a U of U team. Why heck no. No, hey, look, Coach Kriskoviak, that will happen, so settle down. Well, I think BYU had won, what, seven in a row against Utah in basketball? And what, 11 of 12? Eleven so, of Yeah, so they've won 11 of the last 13. So it's not like Utah dominates that series or anything.
0: The, here's the only good thing about losing to Utah. The rivalry, in a way, has returned. Like, it's, yeah. it's okay to okay. be. Because for it to be a rivalry, both teams have to win games. And on basketball, it, for me, it was just, like, dominated by BYU. So I'm okay with the fact that now
1: we can go pay them back. There you go. Okay. Like, I like that. I don't like losing, but I guess if, if you're going to find a silver lining, that's pretty good. Yes. At Freddie H. John, football
0: to beat the Huskies. Bowl game win would be absolutely huge. Trevor Maddich joined us just a little while ago and talked about why this, this game is, is more— more important for BYU and Washington. He said it's equally important for both, which surprised me because we've talked to a lot of people that said, well, they got a new coach coming in. It's not that big of a deal, but he gave a new perspective that look, Washington's upset. They're mad that their coach left. Yeah, They're on the cusp of getting back to that top tier of Pac-12 football. They want to win nine games as well. And they're amped up. That was a new take for me on Washington's perspective.
1: Yeah. And if you're one of those players that was recruited by Sarkeesian, you want to prove, Hey, you left a pretty good team coach. Uh, we're excited about the guy coming in, but we're a little mad you left. So let's let's prove that that we it wasn't just him that did this. It was the players. So hey. I can see why they're pretty. They they could be pretty motivated. Absolutely. Okay. If you could give BYU
0: sports any gift for the holidays, what would it be? Sound off at BYU's. I don't think Station. we've heard from you. Oh man. Okay. There have been so many good ones. I would I would probably go with uh, the football team has a bowl game, but their season is is. That much wrapped up, I would say for the basketball team, it would be a win in the NCAA tournament this year.
1: I'll, and I'll go with the conference title. Okay, so we, ooh, how about that?
0: West. Okay, there you go. The dual, the dual threat gift right there. A conference title, trip to the NCAA tournament.
1: And I like those and because a win. these these haven't happened, right? Like all these other ones are going back and changing the past. You can't change the past, right? Time change, change the future. Time to
0: dominate the West Coast That's Conference. Right. Thanks to Kyle Chilton for stepping in, for Brian Logan and Jerem Jordan, our guest, Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Expert, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Cheline, production assistants Alan Miller, Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page as well. Like and comment all you like. That includes you, Kyle. Any final words, man?
1: This was a lot of fun. You guys do a great job here. Thanks for having me on. I hope it's not a one-time thing. I'd i also need, back.
0: I also need to thank Sam for stepping on the December 23rd. Another of our production distance. Sam is the man.
1: What do you che- go, Sam? Yeah. I don't even know who Sam is, but Sam is awesome. Check
0: out our shows on demand at BYUradio.org. For the Kyle Chilton, I am Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to a Monday holiday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Jim, are freaking for dead.